Hi everyone, welcome to episode 7 of She Can STEM. Today I'm here with Mr. Ravi Kumar. Ravi is the president of Infosys, an information technology consulting company. Hi Mr. Ravi Kumar, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your background and your involvement with women in STEM? Thank you, Tanya. Thank you for this opportunity to talk to you. Um, you know, just a quick uh, background about myself. I am a president of a firm called Infosys. It's a global consulting firm uh, involved in tech services and tech transformation, tech and digital transformation for large enterprises. We have 250,000 employees across the world. And uh, we are an integral part of the STEM ecosystem because we hire a large number of uh, people with a background of uh, STEM for the jobs uh, we uh, uh, for the jobs we we drive for our clients. That's really cool. Um, can you talk about what sparked your interest in the STEM field? You know, uh, here is. Uh, uh, here is my view. STEM, STEM actually has a pretty diverse set of disciplines. Um, there is um, science, there is engineering, there is technology, uh, there is a leverage of uh, mathematics. Uh, and globally, if you look at STEM disciplines, uh, a large part of STEM disciplines are represented by men. So definitely there is a need to bridge the divide and the gap between um, the gender gap which exists in STEM disciplines. And the reason why, uh, why, why this has happened is there is a strong entrenched gender stereotype uh, in this space. Uh, if you go to Asia, that is kind of, uh, that gap is kind of bridged because you find a large number of women going to engineering schools, large number of uh, girls going to engineering schools, uh, in India for the last one decade or so, while in many parts of the world, uh, that gap continues to remain. And that needs to be bridged. Going back to the topic you asked me, 18% uh, of uh, women uh, are in computer science, uh, in the computer science uh, world, they're only 18% women. There are uh, roughly around 19 to 20% which do engineering degrees. And they're roughly around 40% which do mathematics uh, disciplines. The fact that the feeder itself is so weak and the feeder itself is not so diverse makes it much harder for the work, workforce to also be equally represented. So if we have to crack this problem, we have to crack this problem in schools and colleges so that you could actually make a more equitable mix of uh, gender when you get to the workplace. Uh, in the workplace, the STEM disciplines are represented by 28% women versus 72% men. And that's also because the feeder is so weak, uh, the workforce itself has underrepresentation. And it's again going back to um, entrenched gender biases or gender stereotypes which exist in the space. And we need to fix it. We need to create role models in, in um, STEM for, uh, for children in schools, children in high schools, children in colleges to emulate uh, those role models which exist in our societies, uh, which do STEM related work, which can help us to bridge that gap. Um, we need to actually expose uh, quite a bit about what happens in STEM disciplines 
to students in school so that they kind of uh, start thinking about it as a career choice. In fact, there was a study which was done by Microsoft a couple of years ago about uh, what is it that happens in schools that uh, girls don't choose STEM disciplines. In fact, 30% girls in high school actually said the jobs which require coding, programming, and computer science is not meant for them, uh, which is again a myth. You know, um, I know, I know in my workplace, extraordinary women uh, who 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 excel in their work, and a lot of work we do is STEM related. So it's just a stereotype which needs to be fixed, and it's also about uh, creating role models which. Uh, you can get uh, students to emulate and actually creating interests and interest groups in, in colleges and schools so that you could create a much bigger feeder for the workforce to uh, absorb. I agree, yeah. Um, going off of the idea of role models, are there any um, female role models in STEM who you would say inspire you? A lot, a lot, lot of them. In fact, uh, uh, in fact some of the best uh, uh, best computer science programmers I have in my teams are uh, women. Um, some of the best startup entrepreneurs, if you, if you meet them, you would find them to be uh, women. In fact, I have a friend of mine who's a, uh, who runs this company called Pymetric, and I can introduce you to her. She uh, runs an AI-led recruiting software company. Uh, and um, and uh, she's a PhD in AI, and uh, uh, and she runs a new age new age uh, computer computer related AI AI machine learning led uh, startup. Uh, so we need we need to find more role models like that, which can help us to drive the 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 founder of YouTube is actually uh, a women uh, entrepreneur mm -hmm. so there's so many of them which are available which which you can find in the find in the public domain and the public uh, space uh, women who have, who have flourished in uh, in um, in stem disciplines be it in be it technology be it engineering be it research be it science in fact if you if you have noticed um, the number of researchers um, are significantly dominated by men. Only 30% of the researchers are actually women. But if you go to Central Asia, 50% uh, of the researchers are women. And that's also because traditionally in Asia, uh, women choose research as a discipline. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, role modeling is very critical because it just allows you to emulate people who you know in, in, the, in the society, people who you look up to, and then you think, look, I want to be somebody like that, um, and that that changes the paradigm of how you how you uh, look at STEM disciplines. Now, you know, you could arguably say, why is why is this needed? Remember, the products and the services we create in companies like Infosys and companies uh, companies which take STEM talent are uh, products which are designed with a much better cognitive diversity and much better gender diversity, much better inclusivity, because these are products we, we build for the world, which has an equitable um, uh, gender balance. So why would you design products and services with a, uh, with a 
with a workforce which is not equally represented. The right way to do it is to create the right diverse workforce so that it could actually create the right products and right services for the market. For sure, I agree. I was reading about um, a girl who started an app where girls can, re can report like sexual harassment, that kind of stuff. And I honestly think like that wouldn't come in if the, if the workforce wasn't represented by women also. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there's always, uh, if, you, if, you, if you have uh, looked at scientific research, if you looked at innovation, if you looked at, uh, uh, looked at inventions which have happened, it has always happened from the most diverse and most inclusive uh, societies. Um, and that's a reflection of uh, how you could bring uh, cognitive diverse thinking, how you could bring a more diverse viewpoint, uh, how you could bring uh, how you could bring uh, um, a diverse set of uh, a diverse set of uh, capabilities for you to build something which is uh, game changing in the market. And that's the reason. You know, there is a strong business reason for you to have a diverse and inclusive workforce. For sure, yeah. Um, when you were entering university and the workforce in the STEM in STEM areas, did you notice a difference in the way you were treated versus how women doing the same thing were treated? You know, uh, when we were passing out of uh, undergrad schools uh, at that time, the number of women in engineering schools were very less. Um, you know, uh, when we were uh, when I was passing out, we probably had less than less than two or three percent women in engineering schools and i passed out back in india so in india what happens is a lot of women choose to go to biological sciences or social sciences uh, they take degrees in psychology they take degrees in biological sciences in fact there's a stat across the world that 54 percent of uh, degrees awarded in biological sciences and social sciences is actually to women uh, and that's because just it's a it's a it's again a gender stereotype, as I call it, uh, and a gender bias, um, a gender bias which has been built based on, uh, based on stereotypes you see in, the, see in the society. So at that time, it was very hard for women to be a part of engineering schools. And over, over a period of time, uh, that has changed. That has changed significantly. So if you go to, if you go to back in India today, 35% of uh, women 35% of engineering school students are actually women. And that's one of the reasons why the diversity in workplaces in India is much, much higher in, in STEM because the feeder itself has a lot of women represented. So uh, India has gone through a full cycle, but when I was, I was growing up, uh, it was very hard for women to uh, be a part, of a part of an engineering school because there were just so few women it was very, very hard then. So there was this definitely more hardship for women at that time to be a part of a minority, if I may. But things have changed significantly. In fact, in fact, the gap across the world is, is bridging. The key is to actually bridge the gap in schools and colleges so that the gap at workplaces is going to get bridged by in, an, in a very natural way. I agree, yeah. Um, what interventions do you think we should make in schools and universities to encourage girls to join those fields? So role modeling is something which I mentioned about. Uh, extracurricular activities in STEM, I think, is a great way to fix that, um, uh, that stereotype. Um, uh, extracurricular activities always gives you a test bed to check what this is. 
the fact that 30% of girls in schools don't even think uh, coding and programming jobs are theirs, uh, theirs to lose, is also because they just don't uh, know about somebody they believe can do this. Uh, so the ability to uh, experiment, the ability to give them a chance is also going to be an important thing. So allow them to test these jobs and uh, try them out and see how, it, how, how they feel about it. Um, so I would say exposing what this job content is and what these jobs are about very early on can change the mindset, uh, change the stereotypes. Role modeling can change the stereotypes. Uh, the ability to uh, ability to get some of these leaders who have actually been on the space for a long time to come and uh, talk to talk to girls in schools I think is a, can can change change the, change that model um, so it's a it's a it's a constant regular it's a constant process of uh, of uh, stepping the game to uh, up the game if I may to continue to do continue to bridge that gap yeah I agree um have you ever witnessed someone act differently towards a woman in your own company or even like noticed yourself doing it to a woman? Not really you know I think uh, you know Infosys as a company is pretty uh, pretty um, pretty high on being an equal equal opportunity employer being very inclusive and very diverse in fact uh, uh, the number of women in our organization represented is very high across the value chain uh, starting from uh, bottom of uh, bottom of the chain, right to the board of the company, we have fair good representation. Uh, we have pretty good role models. There is a fair bit of hiring happening from schools and colleges. So I I personally haven't encountered something like that. There's always going to be um, cases you hear about, otherwise in the industry. But um, more and more there is acceptability of. Um, acceptability of the fact that we have to bridge this gap. That I think everybody is acknowledging. Everybody wants to figure out how to get there. For sure, yeah. Um, so from my research, I found that a big cause of the gender gap is uh, what you talked about, like role models, like the lack of role models, and then um, fear of being mistreated in the workplace and that kind of thing. But from yeah. your life experiences, what do you think is the biggest cause of the gender? I would say lack of role models. Lack of role models is the starting point. Um, and lack of role models reduces the number of uh, girls who choose STEM disciplines early on in schools and who choose STEM disciplines as they go to colleges and then they actually pick a job which is related to STEM. Uh, when they get to uh, work. In fact, the percentage of uh, women who do higher studies in STEM keeps going down, if you really look at it. So if you go to undergrad schools, it is lower than high schools. And if you go to grad schools, it is lower than undergrad schools. If you go to doctorates, it is much lower. And that's also because uh, as, uh, as, you, as you continue doing higher studies, you start thinking, this isn't the space where I've found enough role models. So you can't kind of get off the net and start look exploring other options. So I would say the single biggest thing we could change is uh, exposing role models in schools and colleges very early on 
and exposing the kind of work you do in uh, these disciplines so that um, they get to see, they get to test, they get to experiment with it and therefore they, then they choose based on, um, uh, based on their interest levels, not because they've heard about it and they, they think it is not their, uh, their, it shouldn't be their choice. For sure, yeah. Um, so what advice do you have for young girls who may be entering the STEM field and may be conflicted about it? So, so I would say this is an extraordinary time to come to STEM fields because remember, uh, the, the percentage of jobs available in STEM and the gap between demand and supply is one of the highest. In spite of the fact that 40 million jobs in the United States are lost because of the coronavirus in the last three months, you still have a large number of open positions in STEM disciplines. It's so ironic. On one side, we have um, millions of jobs lost. On the other side, we have millions of jobs available for STEM disciplines. The growth of jobs is double that of traditional jobs in STEM disciplines. Uh, so the opportunities are much broad-based. The opportunities are uh, the opportunities to actually innovate and the opportunities to actually build new things is much much higher in STEM disciplines. So I would I would strongly recommend to to women who uh, who want to choose STEM to not not shy away from thinking. By the way, you know this is not for me. Uh, this is this is not what I what I what I should do, you should almost think you're, you're more naturally suited for STEM disciplines than, any, than any, anyone else. Uh, I know of more women in the workplace who do extraordinary work um, in, in my organization and in, uh, and in, uh, you know, in, and in the industry. Uh, it's just a question of uh, having that self-confidence that this is, this is something for you, you to lose. Uh, and hence, uh, there should not be any constraint to pick pick a job in STEM discipline for 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 women. And this is uh, this is uh, you know this is absolutely well researched. This is not hearsay. This is absolutely well researched that uh, women are as suitable to STEM disciplines as men are. For sure, yeah. Um, I interviewed Miss Kate and Miss Dennett last last week from Infosys, and they were saying like. Ms. Kate was saying like when she was growing up, people were advising her to be an administrative assistant when she said she wanted to enter the workforce, which was like, which is horrific. And then um, <coughs> now the times have changed so much that she has a bigger position. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, it's, it's, it's just a uh, gender stereotype. Uh, there is no reason to believe that any of the disciplines is not suitable to one gender or the other. Uh, it's more acceptable now because more percentage of uh, uh, women actually are a part of the workforce in STEM disciplines. But it was harder early on because there was the stereotype which was deeply entrenched, but it isn't now. For sure, yeah. Um, do you have any final messages for listeners today? You know, I would say... Um, <laughs> Tech and digital services, uh, uh, disciplines of science, research, all are extraordinary, uh, uh, extraordinary impactful professions 
which uh, have which have so much opportunity that uh, wholeheartedly you should pick up these disciplines and you should do what you feel you're naturally fit for what you have passion for uh, you should not worry about stereotypes and myths which exist in the market. If you believe there is something you want to do, if your passion lies in that space, you should go for it. I agree. Um, thank you so much, Mr. Ravi Kumar. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. Thanks for this opportunity and all the best. <laughs>